You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast with Jim and Rocco from Zentech Consultants. I am your host, Jim Coppinger, your old and grumpy host, and with me, as always, is my younger and always much more cheerful co-host. It's Rocco, and I'm glad that you said that you're old and grumpy. This is being recorded for quality assurance purposes, folks. Of course I'm old and grumpy. I have to work with you. (laughs) You're young and cheerful because you get to work with me. All right? Don't even start with me, man. (laughs) All right. So first of all, (laughs) so I got to put up with Rocco's crazy today because obviously the man's insane. We brought in a a guest um, and I want to welcome our guest for today, the always brilliant and entertaining Julie Kavarian, our world-renowned customer success specialist for Brixis is back in the house for more torture. You didn't learn the first couple of times, Julie. Thank you for being here today. (laughs) Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always fun. Ah, uh, you know what? Some people are just gluttons for punishments. It's, we're glad for that, though. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a show. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So today we are going to be talking. Um, our topic for today is, is 2D drafting dead? Um, which I think is a really important topic. Right? I think this is a really big thing in, in both the design and the construction world. Um, you know, and, and the, the, the fate of 2D drawings, right? And whether or not they're dying off as all those, you know, marketing and, and sales folks like to tell us. And yes, I am looking at cheerful Rocco, um, who tells people this all the time. Oh, you sales guys, I don't trust any of you. So, but so, so let's start, Julie, right? Let's start by, by giving our new listeners who might have missed you on your previous visits to the show. Uh, a bit of your background, you know, and why you're our chosen expert for this particular topic, right? So why don't you tell us about your work as a customer success specialist and your CAD background? All right. Well, I'll start with my background. Uh, many years ago, I took a degree in architecture and have worked in the AEC industry for various firms, uh, mostly in the Chicago area, um, architecture, engineering, interior architecture firms, as well as some Fortune 500 companies. And I've also worked for both small and large technology companies, CAD companies, other technology companies, and then also have kind of interwoven all that with uh, residential home building companies, both large uh, production builders as well as small local custom builders. So I've kind of done a little bit of everything there. Um, With Brixis, I provide technical assistance to our customers, both in the pre-sales and post-sales process. Um, Also, if they're trialing the software, sometimes we do formal proof of concepts. I'm usually involved in those as well. Nice. So, you know, what your your, your resume makes me ask the important question now that all of our listeners want to know. You worked for a lot of people, but did you ever, coming from Chicago, did you work for the most important people? You work for the Bears. Did you work for them? Uh, no. <laughs> no. But one of my girlfriends used to work for the Cubs. Oh, there you go. The Cubbies. That and works too. And her office was in Wrigley Field. Oh, nice. Wow. That's, yeah. that's an office to have. That's sweet. I'm jealous. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Very, very nice. All right. So 
you know, when it when it comes to you know two D construction documents, there there has been a huge push from the software companies, probably for the better part of a decade now, uh, that says it's you know that's going the way of dinosaurs, right? That that the fully digital three D modeling tools are taking over, and that you know BIM is the the reigning digital god that we all need to bow down before. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I have I've talked about this on the show many times before, right? And regular listeners know that I personally think that's just a load of garbage. <laughs> uh, you know, two <laughs> D design is still the king of the construction world, and it's still one of the simplest, fastest, and and most cost effective ways to handle you know small and medium sized projects in particular on you know, both the design and on the build side of the house. All right, so, so Julie, let's start with that question. Do you think that 2D drafting is dead and why or why do you not take that stance? No, no, it's not dead. There is still, as you mentioned, a huge place for 2D drawing. That is how we typically still produce our, our deliverables, right? We're delivering right. a set of drawings. Sometimes they're electronic, but still they're plotted, printed on paper as PDFs, whatever. Um, so, no, it's not dead. Yeah, there you go. Simply, I like it when people agree with me. God, man. Well, we're <laughs> done today. Thanks for being here, folks. Julie agrees with me. We can go home. Oh, so. <laughs> oh hush, Rocco. Just because you disagree with me all the time doesn't mean everyone must. <laughs> well, my wife does too, but that's a whole other story. So, all right. So, I you know, knew I liked the woman. There you go. That's why she likes you too. To both of you, just team up to torture me. So, what you know? What one specific area of of disconnect um, that that I've talked about on this show is 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 in the two D versus three D discussion. Um, it, it's it's about the amount of data that's mm-hmm. needed for construction, right? You know, a, a common issue that I see our clients run up against is that you know three D pushes too much data at them that they just don't need. Um, you know, I'll give you an example, right? I was working with a designer just last week who was, he was just looking to put in a window. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to follow him and he's just complaining about the amount of detail he got in his manufacturer-provided 3D model. And he was from a big-name, you know, window manufacturer. Sure. And, and they say, yeah, he just wanted to put in a window with a basic make and model number. That's all he wanted, right? He, he didn't want every jam rail, every mullion gap, the washer sizes, the weep hole numbers. Yeah, it's, that's just, that, that's manufacturing-level information that slows down the design, right? And that stuff, because it all comes in, and it's great when you're, you're doing, you know, enlarged jam details and so on, if you're the manufacturer, it's horrible to print that and have to control the printing of that on a, on a standard construction document. And it dramatically increases file sizes, right? Mm-hmm. When all the guy really wanted was a rectangle and a piece of text. It's all he needed to get the job done. So, right. you know, Julie, how, how, do you, how do you view the positive and the negative aspects of data development and the, the, you know, the control between 2D and 3D work in the design world. Uh, you know, the marketing claim is that you know, 3D makes everything better and, fast, and faster. You know, it, is that really true? No, uh, it's not. And taking your last statement about 3D makes everything faster and better, not exactly true in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, 3D is going to take more time to create that 3D model up front. You do definitely get some benefits downstream because generally you're creating that 3D model and then generating the 2D documentation off of that model. Right. But you don't always need a 3D model. If you're doing um, a very small, simple project that is basic, 
Um, maybe you've maybe this has been built many times before, and we're making one minor one minor change. You don't need a model. Think of something repeatable, like uh, fast food restaurants, gas stations that sure. they're basically building the same thing over and over on a slightly different site. Um, and and just if you're you don't need all the data behind it. You're not doing quantity takeoffs. You're not doing all your scheduling. You just need something on paper that can be built from. Um, you still are going to have your details, so your details are going to be 2D. So, you know, what we used to do is is the plan was a generic representation of the building, but you never built from the plan, you built from the details. Always, always. It's such a simple concept, but it, 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 it is funny. I have seen that that idea has been lost on a lot of, of right. younger folks, right? It's all about, oh, we need we need the BIM model, we need the detail, we need... You know, you you know you can get away with like you said hey you know see detail as a note you don't have to draw right. every little nook and cranny on the plans because at an eighth inch right. scale you're not seeing that anyway <laughs> right right and um, you know a lot of people forget 2D drawings you can fudge them there's always a fudge factor oh yeah you can just kind of tweak something to get it look right and then again go to the details where you cannot fudge a 3D model yep. That's a big, big difference between the two. Yeah, it's very important. And of course, that, that never gets mentioned, but it is a vital thing to understand. Uh, all right, so so Rocco, let's bring you in here, Mr. Sunshine. Uh, what, what's the feedback you get from our client base on this? Uh, you know, are, are, are there folks who find 3D just too complicated for what they're doing? Or is it something that you see people you know, really excited to, to start working with? Yeah, you know, it's it's all over the map, and it, it's interesting. Um, those of you who listen to our podcast, if if you a, a couple, maybe over a month ago now, uh, we we actually did a podcast with a with a Brickscat customer um, of ours, uh, Joe Walker, and uh, she was talking about some of the work that she does, and we talked about about around this 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 very same subject, and uh, she's been around for a long time, and she she gave her perspective as to, you know. The kinds of work that she does and it's a really complex what some of the work that she's doing and she you know she really proved that that 3d is overkill in a lot of instances um can it be helpful sure but it, it could be a detriment in some ways so you know it, it's all over the map and i think part of it comes down to to, to the experience um level that people have i, I think uh, folks have been around for a, a longer period of time they they agree that you you totally don't need 2D, but the younger folks who've grown up using 3D from the very beginning, they're like, you're 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 gonna go back to using a pencil, yeah. Uh, you know? so. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it. It's what they're taught and what they were told, and and you know, again, I, as Julie keeps pointing out, in some and in, in a lot actually of instances, it's it's overkill, um, you know, and I think that you know anyway that you cut this subject down, right? The, the, the true benefit of 2D design actually plays out in the field on, on our construction documents. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we need a set of plans that can be rolled up and dropped in the back of a pickup truck. Now, you know, I know that's not just old man thinking and, and grumbling, right? That's, that's the actual reality of construction, right? Mm -hmm. a, a five by nine tablet just is not gonna give you the same amount of information Right? Or, or, you know, the ability to change from page to page as easily as you do paper plants. You know, not just that, but there's always the issue of, you know, connectivity, 
right? When you're right. dealing with the technology and the related costs of, of taking that, you know, tablet or two-in-one and exposing it to the elements, right? And listen, I don't care just how tough your tough book is. Drop that thing in a mud puddle and it's done. <laughs> and you're spending hundreds of dollars on a replacement. Whereas if I drop the, the roll of papers, I can probably still use those paper, you know, docs, right? Or at the worst, I'd spend 20 bucks and just reprint them. It's not that big of a deal. Um, so, so Julie, do, do you see a, a nearby future where we actually go fully 3D, as they like to tell us? Um, you know, even now, right? You know, when we design today in 3D, we're usually doing it to, to generate, to auto-generate 2D plans. Um, you know, do you see anything coming on the horizon that might change that? Well, you know, the, a lot of the larger companies and the bigger projects, they do like that um, 3D plan. They do like to have everything electronic because changes are being made quickly, mm -hmm. right? And yes, it is easier to communicate a change electronically than it is to have to print out the 2D plans and get them delivered. So I think, I think there is some, you know, some, some merit there. However, I think it's still going to take quite a long time to really get get there. I mean, construction is one of the slowest industries to accept change. Yeah. Always has, always will be. Yeah. Engineering, architecture, construction, very, very slow to adopt new technology. So I think, and with 3D, I, I, I don't think that's really going to take hold until we get more into, and I know Rocco wants me to talk about this at some point, I don't have a lot of information, but at some point we're going to get to the digital twin with the VR and the AR and being able to integrate that more. I think that's where it's really going to take off, but we're not there yet. We, we don't have that technology yet. Um, and I think part of that's also generational too, right? As you just said, the, the up-and-comers, that's all they've known is 3D. Um, but no, I don't think we're there. And it's uh, until connectivity is worked out, better 3D, better hardware, better better software. No. Okay. We're not quite there. Nice. All right, cool. All right, so let's, why don't we just take a, a quick break, right, so we can hear from today's sponsor. And when we get back, I want to get Julie's vibe on kind of the when and the how of choosing between your 2D and 3D tools for your project. So thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back in just a minute with more of the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, Rocco. So we are sponsoring ourselves yet again today. What is it we want to talk about? We're going to talk about me today, Jim. No, no one wants to talk about you. Not even you. <laughs> oh, fine. Let's talk about Zentech Tech Blocks. Awesome. I like Zentech Tech Blocks. Zentech Tech Blocks are prepaid support hours that let you call on Zentech's experienced technical staff to address all your support questions, problems, help you with workflows and standards, really anything you need on the technology side. We're here to provide the support you need so that your most talented people aren't being dragged into helping everybody else in your company instead of working on the billable jobs that you need them focused on. All right, so Zentech tech blocks are available in uh, multiple sizes. We sell them in five hour, 10 hour, 20 hour, and 40 hour prepaid support blocks. And if you're interested and you need that sort of help, Rocco, how do they reach out to us? Yeah, hit up our website, zentechconsultants.net. Give us a ring, 866-824-4459. Or even drop us an email, sales at zentechconsultants.net. All right, Zentech Tech, Tech Blocks, the vital support 
that your people need exactly at the moment that they need it. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cattle Call Podcast, where we're talking with Julie Kavarian from Brixis uh, about the pros and cons of, of 2D and 3D design work. Uh, and I wanted to kick off this segment by saying that I am actually a fan of 3D and BIM tools. I, I, in the right place, at the right time, on the right job, they are invaluable. Right? But, but any way that you cut it, it's still just a tool. And, and like my old man used to tell me, right? You, you, you need the right tool for the right job. I, you know, in other words, some days you need a 25 pound mall and other times you need a six ounce finishing hammer. Right? And I, I don't think you're gonna get really good results trying to build fine cabinetry with, with, with a 25 pound mall. <laughs> it's not gonna work out real well. Uh, so Julie, what you know, to your mind is, is the break point? If, if we can identify one between 2D and 3D. I mean, is there a specific job size that warrants one over the other? Or do you think it's more dependent on the amount and the type of, of data and information that you need? Yeah, I don't think it's job size because you could have a very small square footage project that is very uh, detailed. Like I would call it a jewel, we used to call it a jewel box, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're detailing every single bit. Um, years ago, we had a project where it was a custom renovation of a condo in Chicago and they were very design oriented. They wanted a custom design for the shower drain, wow. you know? <laughs> so, you know, at that point you are go, even though it's a 2d drawing, you have everything detailed, right? There is nothing left to chance. So that project probably would have been good for 3D, but we didn't have 3D back there. So, you know, even a small project can have a, um, a big footprint on time and number of drawings and things like that. That drawing set was huge. I think it was 50 pages for a, a 2,000 square foot condo. Wow. But That's then, a lot of detail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything was detailed. The pull, Everything was custom. The pulls, everything. But then you, you could also have a very large project to look at, you know, something like a warehouse, a factory. It's mm -hmm. a big square footage, but there's not much in it. You got your outside, you've got shelves. So, you know, it's not really on project size. It comes down to what are you, what's the end purpose? What do you need to provide for your deliverables? If it's 2D drawings, if it's schedules, if it's... Um, you know, not only 3D, but 4D and 5D, then yeah, you probably do want a 3D model where you can start to get more information and data into that set. But at the end, you're still producing 2D documentation for the most part. Yep. But that 2D documentation, instead of just sections and elevations and plans, could also be schedules and takeoffs and, and um, quantities. So yeah, it it's hard to pinpoint what that break point is. Okay, yeah, I think your point is a valid one though, in that it really is about the type of information, right? What data do you need, mm -hmm. right? And and not the the job size, you know. And and I think that's like we were saying earlier, right? A lot of the younger generation have just been taught, you know, three D, three D, three D. That's the end all of everything. But if you don't need that BIM information, you don't need that full three D model. You don't need that level of of you know development mm -hmm. on those then you're, you're perfectly okay sketching out two lines as opposed to a fully developed wall with, you know, mm -hmm. insulation and, 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 you know, vapor barriers and so on. 
it, mm-hmm. it's really about what do you need. And I think that's a, a better way to look at that as to, you know, to help our listeners determine where they want to go. So, um, you know, another thing that we run into here a lot at Zentech is, is uh, the question over the learning curve uh, for mm-hmm. 3D tools over traditional 2D processes. Uh, you know, and, and there is a big difference between the two design methods that, you know, no matter what sales folks <laughs> like Rocco uh, tell you, it, they really <laughs> does require uh, a whole new set of skills, right, to go from 2D to 3D. And, and you even have to completely change the way that you think about your design. Um, yes. you know, it, it almost always requires some type of extended training and a dedicated amount of time just to get up to speed in that 3D world. Um, so, Julie, where do you see the, the skill set difference between 2D and, and 3D modeling? I mean, is it is an easy shift to go from one mindset to the other, do you think? Well, it kind of depends what software you use. Traditionally, uh, we all learned how to draft, right? Whether mm-hmm. it was in high school or college, you, we, we learned how to 2D draft on paper. Uh, lines, arcs, circles... And much of that translated into early CAD. It was a it was an electronic drafting tool, right? It yeah. was nothing really different. You were still drawing a line in a circle, and and you had line weights and things like that. But with 3D, oh, and most of the CAD software was very similar in that regard. You you know, a line is a line is a line. Um, maybe a few different prompts, but. It's pretty much the same. Right. But with 3D, it it is much more different because many of the different software packages out there think about doing 3D for architecture versus civil versus mechanical design. Mm-hmm. They're totally different interfaces, totally different tool sets, and in many cases, the modeling engine is different. So you could not easily go from it you needed an expert in each of those disciplines you could it was unrealistic for one person to be able to do 3d modeling in architecture and also do 3d modeling in mechanical design because they were different softwares different interfaces different modeling types right so i have to put my bricks my bricks plug in here because our software is one platform for all of those different uh industries you can start modeling in in pro and it's the same modeling engine that takes you through BIM and through mechanical, which is the same interface as it as you're doing your 2D. So that's what makes Brixis unique and BricsCAD unique. Unique is that same interface. But you look at the other uh, major players in the industry, and it's completely different skill sets for each of those, whether it was 2D, 3D, BIM, or or mechanical. So you know there is a learning curve, for sure to learn 3D, and, uh, and I, I think as you said, um, it's also the mindset. You, When I was in school and even early in my career, it was, okay, we're drawing the plan, and now you have to think, well, what does that look like in section? What does that look like in detail? But when you're modeling in 3D, you have to know what that is as you're modeling it, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's a fully developed, and you're you're absolutely right, Lacey. You know, I, I'm a great example of that. You know, my... The bulk of my design career, I mean, it started off early in architecture, but then I shifted over to civil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I am a whiz with the 3D civil stuff. Right? I can I can get you anything you need on a site. And, <laughs> you know, make, making the move in, into, you know, the the architectural 3D modeling, particularly, you know, with like, you know, the, the large Autodesk products. Man, that was, that was a painful transition. I got okay at it, 
But it was, yeah. you know, whereas I, you know, earlier on, I could easily in 2D, I could shift from doing a civil plan in 2D to a, a, an architectural plan in 2D to a mechanical plan in 2D to an electric plan in 2D. Right. It, they're lines and arcs and circles, right. exactly what you said. You know, but yeah, the 3D modeling, oh, there, there's no similarities in those different <laughs> systems, man. You really got to know what you're doing. It takes a lot. So, Rocco, let's, 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 let's look at it from, from our client side, right? Where, where, do our, where do you feel that our clients really fall on this issue? Um, you know, are they really concerned and struggling with the training and, and overall changes to their current design processes when they're making that move to 3D? It's, it all depends on the user, you know? I mean, we have people that are, that definitely struggle to move to 3D, but it's like everything else. I mean, you know, if you're able to dedicate the time and practice, 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 right? And, and take class after class, you're gonna get better at it. But it, it you know, if you're somebody who's, who's using AutoCAD, for example, and been using it for 20 years and continues to use it, and wants to jump into to, to Revit, for example, and you kind of do it an hour a week, you, you're going to get there eventually, but yeah. it's going to take a long time. In six or know? seven years. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it comes down to, to, to the level of practice. But, you know, when you have a solution, like Julie said, like BricsCAD, where where everything is, is DWG-based and, and you're transitioning from from BricsCAD Pro to BricsCAD BIM, for example, it's it's a much easier transition because you're you're still working off of the same foundation of the house. You know you 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 know where the bathrooms are. You know you might have to memorize. You might have to you know eventually learn where they are. But it, it's an easier transition to to put that map in your head uh, versus you know starting with a whole new house every time. Right. Yeah. You're at least working with the same toolbox and you know where your tools are. <laughs> that definitely helps. Um, all right. So in, in an area that's actually been coming up quite a lot lately in all the trade publications and, and even here on the few, you know, a few times on the podcast, um, it's the, it's the concept and Julie mentioned earlier of digital twinning, um, or what I understand as developing a fully accurate digital replica of your building or your site in the virtual world. Um, listen, at least that's as far as my, my limited old man brain takes me on that topic. Uh, but luckily, we have Julie here, who's going to help fill in the gaps for us and explain what those digital twins really are. Um, so, you know, Julie, can, can you define digital twinning for our listeners and uh, this, this I, old I, man? <laughs> I thought digital twins is me and you, Jim. <laughs> well, I think we're real world <laughs> twins. We both need hair on our heads. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah. So yes. yeah, if you can, you know, explain kind of how it impacts design on both the two D and and the three D sides, and I, I, does does the digital twin even really have an impact on on the two D plan set? Sure, sure. So basically, a digital twin is that virtual representation of a model um, that. It's both your your digital model and your physical model because you're 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 trying to have the same thing. So as you're built, you've got your your three D model that maybe you create first, and then you start to use that to build your actual model off. And as changes are made in the field, then you're updating your virtual model so that they are the same representation of that final final building that's actually built. Um, and that's and it's not only used for construction process, 
owners want that digital twin to help with the life cycle management of that building. So as changes are made, as uh, things are replaced, uh, HVAC systems, etc., then you're still keeping up that virtual model. So it can be used for running maintenance checks. Um, it can be used to, you know, take a look at if you're going to make a change. All right, we need to put in or we need to change those ducts out. You've got your virtual 3D model that is very realistic. So you can do that change virtually before you do it in the field. And that is going to help save time find errors digitally before you find them physically, which will also save time and money. Okay. Now, does that affect the 2D plans at all? Yes, of course, because especially in that construction phase, you're, we're still, for the most part, generating 2D documentation to build off of or to do your um, fabrication drawings, right? It, you go to most, most shops, they're still doing 2D shop drawings, fabrication drawings, um, so yes, it still does does affect that downstream, and that is one of the benefits of 3D modeling. Is usually your 2D documentation is somewhat automatically generated from that 3D model, so you do have some connectivity there. And when the model changes, then you can update your 2D drawings. So. That is definitely some of the positives and the benefits of digital twins and 3D modeling. Okay, that works, right? And I think that's that's a great answer. Um, you know, because you know, like I've said it before right, on the show, and I'll probably wind up saying it again. Um, you know, in, in my mind, there really is no right or wrong absolute mm -hmm. answer between 2D and 3D. Um, I think there is a time and a place for each design process, and you know, like Julie was just saying, it really depends on the project that you're working, right? Um, and, mm -hmm. and, and I think that, you know, listeners shouldn't let anyone, you know, not, not even Rocco, uh, tell you that either method is the right one for every project. It's going to come down to the, the data and the information that you need to generate. And you need to understand who is that information going to, right? Is it going to the owner for facilities management, long-term control of the, of the building, right? And, and the formats that they're going to need it in, right? So, you know, you know, if, you, if you're building, you know, simple residential or like commercial jobs, right, 2, 2D information for building purposes, that's all you're going to realistically need if, if you're just building things, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're working right. with, you know, larger clients, right, who, who, like you said, they need scheduling, cost data, facility management features built into the design, right, for long-term control of those, those systems, uh, you know, then 3D and BIM is where you absolutely need to go, right? So, you know, Sum it up by saying, you know, let the job guide the software that you're using, not the other mm -hmm. way around, right? Um, so, so Julie, let let let's wrap it up here, all right? With a little bit more. I know you put in a little plug earlier, and that's okay. Uh, but yeah. let, let's let's hit a little bit more info on the Brixis 2D and 3D solution. So, what tools does BrixCAD offer for both both design methods, 2D and 3D, and how easy are they to work with and and even integrate together? Sure. So first of all, of course, we have phenomenal 2D drafting and documentation tools. Uh, everything that most CAD users are fully aware of when it comes to lines, arcs, circles, maybe blocks and attributes. But then we also have AI and machine learning tools that take the drudgery out of drafting. So things like copy guided and move guided and blockify that will 
take geometry and create a block out of it and replace all the existing sets of geometry with this block. So, I mean, those are huge, huge improvements in the 2D drafting world. Mm -hmm. um, on the 3D side, and as Rocco mentioned, it's all one platform. Uh, 3D is very easy with BricsCAD because our modeling platform is ACES-based. It's not history-based, so you can continue to make changes. And what probably a lot of people don't realize is when you download the BricsCAD trial, uh, part of that trial is a program called Shape. And if they decided they did not want to purchase after their 3D trial, or after their 30-day trial, excuse me, they're still left with our Shape program. So it's, a, it's the same modeler that we have in, in BricsCAD. Mm -hmm. So they have a way to do some 3D modeling very easily um, but that modeler is the same as that we use in BIM and mechanical. And what's nice is with BricsCAD, you can start in 3D or you can start in 2D and you can extract your 2D into a 3D model with boundaries, like two, two lines representing a wall. We can just find automatically find that boundary and extrude that up into walls. Yeah. Uh, with BIM, we also have, uh, you can just trace over walls with, with your... Uh, with our tools to create walls and even create buildings with quick building. So with quick draw and quick building. Um, on the mechanical side as well, you can take that 2D sketch and extrude it, revolve it, sweep it into a 3D solid. So that's how you can then start with your assemblies and, and uh, from there you can generate your bombs and, and bill of materials. So it's pretty easy within BricsCAD to go from 2D to 3D or draw your 3D model and then put out your uh, 2D documentation. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I do like about working with that, that BricsCAD BIM system, one of the things that, that actually Julie taught me in, in, in an early webinar is that don't be afraid to think in terms of doing some 3D and some 2D. Maybe most of your building can be done in 2D, but there's a very detailed area that really does need a lot of, of you know information in BricsCAD BIM, you can do both at the same time, which which you can't really do in any other system. It's one of the things I really like about it. That it's like, hey, you know, the second floor elevator pit, we really got to detail it. We're going to do that in 3D, while the rest of the building is just you know generic structure. So we're going to do a 2D plan, and it can be in the same file, which is absolutely amazing to me that you can do that. I love that. So. <laughs> All right, so I think we can leave it there for today, though I, I do promise this topic is going to keep coming up again and again on the podcast. Uh, but I do want to thank Julie Kavarian for being here once again to share her prodigious knowledge of all things design and CAD-related. Julie, thanks so much for doing this. We, we really thank love having you, Julie. You oh, my pleasure, Jim and Rocco, anytime. All right, well, hey, we're going to hold you to that. So, All righty, <laughs> folks. With that said, we're going to get out of here, and we will catch you next time on the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, everybody, today's cattle call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, we provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net 
Or you can even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.